summertime is coming to a close. How many of you guys have been away on vacation this summer at some point? Yeah? Yeah, I've been away as well. uh, I've been talking to some people, and it's become pretty clear to me that you have to go everywhere except Edmonton and area to experience a real summer Uh, this year. I don't know about you, um, but I've been been talking to many people that say that it's much warmer elsewhere. Um, My basement would agree with them. It's been a wet summer. Yeah, (laughs) anybody else? My basement uh, flooded this summer, and uh, I know some others did as well. Um, but it's been wet. As soon as we get it dried up, it rains again, and so that's been, uh, that's been a fun challenge. We are in our series called The Relational Toolbox. We've had some really powerful messages, and I don't know about you, but I've even began going back and listening to them again. And uh, last week, if you weren't here, I really do encourage you to go and listen to this message from Pastor Peter. He shared an incredible word about boundaries. He said, God has assigned value to your person and to your purpose. You've got to let your yes be yes and your no be no. You need to set up boundaries so you can do the things that God is calling you to do. People with boundaries, it's not that they don't do anything. They discern the process and determine where they need to be. So good. There's so many good little fridge magnet pieces on there that you can pull off and live your life by. As a a pastoral staff, we have tried to bring a clarity to difficult relationship issues, concepts, structures, even commonalities that occur in some way or the other almost every single day. Let's be honest, if if we don't have our relationship with God right or with ourselves right, we are never going to have relationship with others right. Even if you are here this morning and don't believe in God, that's okay. You would likely agree that if you don't have a healthy sense of self, though, you're likely not going to or already have struggles in some way in relationship with others. That's the truth. You don't have to believe in God to to agree with that, that you're likely going to or at some point struggle in relationship with others if you don't have a good sense of self. My hope is that we leave together refreshed and refocused following our time together this morning. So would you pray with me? Father, thank you for an opportunity to come together. Thank you for a chance to focus in on you this morning. I pray that your word would speak true, that we would hear the teaching that you have for us in our lives and how we can apply it and go forward boldly, living changed for you, God, today. We pray this in your name. Amen. So, like I said, whether you believe in God or not, if you study the Bible and actually begin to understand the nature of some of the stories, people with the greatest influence, leaders, Nothing was done without someone who lived with extreme focus. For just a moment, let's step away from the Bible and look at the opposite spectrum. One of the greatest examples of abuse of power in our world was Hitler. He used focus as an actual weapon. Started with a focus to spread his ideas across Germany, across Eastern Europe. He used his focus for evil. Again, this is just an extreme example. I'll be honest with you. I needed this message this week. Pastor Peter and I were chatting and he said something that really resonated with me. It's it's so true. Sometimes you got to live the message before you give the message. I don't say this to try to get you to feel bad for me or have pity on me, but the reality is that if I'm being honest with you, there were moments that I felt like I reached maximum capacity in my work life, home life, my deck building life, car fixing life, basement flooding, relationship building, 
maximum capacity. How many of you know that there are so many things that demand our focus? For that reason, this morning, I've titled my message, Fix Your Focus. I used to be a lifeguard and a swim instructor, and uh, I worked very hard, took all the courses, absolutely loved swimming. Maybe some of you have taken swimming lessons before, but the classes and systems that they function in have changed a bit over the years, but one of the hardest techniques to learn was the whip kick, was the whip kick. Now, swimming actually requires a lot, of, a lot of focus to do well. It's an incredible method to train your cardio, but it's actually difficult to do really well. It's difficult to do really well. You can waste a lot of energy unless you learn how to properly maximize your motions. The, the whip kick came in at around level four, but had to be mastered in order to progress past level seven. Now, working in the kick with other hand motions through the breaststroke was painfully difficult. And I remember doing level seven over and over again just because I couldn't figure it out. My instructor would not allow me to move on, which to me felt like she was holding some sort of grudge against me. Didn't like me or she probably wanted me to suffer. But I remember getting the same instructor over and over again, at least twice, and having such a difficult time watching everyone else move on and level up. In all honesty, I wanted to quit. I was so frustrated. Why was everyone else succeeding at this? I would watch and look over in the lane while I was swimming with my goggles on and try to see what the others were doing that I wasn't. I could not figure it out. I remember thinking, I was not prepared for this. I was not prepared for this. But we've all been there, right? Now, you probably haven't been stuck on the whip kick, but what if we compare this to our everyday lives? There are situations, tasks, even moments in relationship that can be extremely difficult to master. That can be really difficult to master. You see people around you succeeding and doing relationship well, but you are left wondering, what do I do when there's nothing that seems to change my situation? What do I do? What do I do when we encounter a moment that we didn't plan for? We didn't see it coming. We want to move on, get to whatever comes next, manage our lives, determine our path. Sometimes all we want to do is put aside the difficult situations, tasks, or even people in our lives so that we can move on and, and get to where we want to be. Get to where we want to be. Wouldn't you agree with me that sometimes we have a hard time focusing? When it comes to relationships, all kinds, many of them fail. Not, not because of a loss of love, but a loss of focus. We see good people. We see good people. We see some seemingly healthy relationships, work environments, peer relationships go so wrong. So, I'm going straight to the Bible today. I love this section of scripture. So, let's open up our Bibles to Matthew 6, 31 to 34, where it says this. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We've got to choose our provider. In other words... Who is supplying us? Where is our focus? God or worry? 
God or worry? The Father is extremely interested in all things when it comes to us. He knows what we need, and not only that, he'll actually provide it for us. See, pagans in this section of scripture was specifically referring to those who were operating outside of God's values. This made me think, in what ways could we be operating outside of God's values in relationship with others? When our faith is in God, we're actually able to operate very differently toward relationship and other situations than unbelievers. And, well, I'm not saying that we are better than unbelievers. I I am saying that there's a better way. I'm saying there's a better way. The kingdom of heaven is actually to remain our continual daily priority. As we seek it, focus on it, we are actually able to seek his righteousness. When we seek this kind of righteousness, our needs are met, every one of them. Wow. On the other hand, when we, when we worry, living that, that, that kind of, uh, with that kind of loss of trust and faith in, in God, we actually lose effectiveness in our world around us. We read on in, in Matthew 7. It's a new chapter, but continues the same theme in se- Matthew 7, 1 to 7. Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under your feet, under their feet, and turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Jesus called us back to focus. He called us back to focus. Seek. Seek first his kingdom. Seek, and you will find. Sometimes we, we can prioritize th- things the other way, right? We can focus on the wrong things. And it's so easy to, b- to be focused on one another, relationships, even ourselves. How do I figure this out? How do I get out of this discomfort? How do I fix this? So in my study, I, ca- I came across a message by Stephen Furtick, and in my study, I bored a few of his points to help me get this across. First of all, is your focus on finding or becoming? We are so concerned with who we keep close, which we should be. It's important to God that you have the right people in your life, but it's more important that you control the kind of person you are. If I was sitting with you today, I'd probably write this down. Focus on becoming who God wants you to be rather than looking to everyone and everything else to find it. Number two is, is your focus on then or now? Verse 34 said, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. A lot of the difficulty that occurs in relationship is because we project what happened in the past into what's happening now. What's been done to you before gets carried into who you are trying to be now, which is quite honestly the root of unmet expectations. We've got to be careful with this. Communicate, but be really intentional about where our focus is. 
Sometimes the tension to manage is that it's easy to be focused on where we want to be, that we take our eyes off where we currently are. We think that it'll get better and be better tomorrow. So we focus on trying to get there rather than trying to manage the here and now. Finally, is your focus on not or got? The thing about focus is that you have the ability to magnify what you choose to magnify. Imagine living your life with a magnifying glass. Imagine living your life. Jesus said it. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye, your coworkers, your family member, manager, wife, husband, kids, and pay no attention to the plank in your own? Why are you so intentional to make such a, a, a specific look, a, a specific gaze, set your focus on someone else to magnify what's going on in their life? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own? He says, you hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. See, in all relationships, in all relationships, at some point, your focus was probably on magnifying all of the great things. It was probably on, on focusing on the great things about that person. Some of you would agree that phase, focusing on the good things, changes in duration depending on the person. Am I right? Sometimes that, that phase is quite short-lived. As you get to know someone, and you magnify who they are. Sometimes it's harder and harder to focus on the good. We all know someone in our life who it's difficult to focus on just the good stuff. Sometimes it's a long period of actually recognizing the great things. Sometimes it can be pretty short-lived. The bottom line is this. You magnify what you focus on. You magnify what you focus on. You choose what you magnify. You choose that. See, I, I was so focused on everyone else's whip kick, one element of the breaststroke, that I didn't realize that in order to properly time my kick and my arms, work it all together, I had to focus on my arms and my legs. I didn't see the larger picture of the swimming stroke because I was so focused on looking to other people's method of mastering it. As a result, I overcomplicated it and almost ruined it, ruined my experience. Now, there are absolutely seasons of your life where your focus has to be on others. Absolutely. Parents, you'll have seasons where your focus is on your kids. Husbands and wives, you'll have to focus on your spouse. Friends, you'll have to focus on someone who needs your time, your care, your attention. We, we have to remember that we magnify what we focus on, and that will determine the situations that we really end up giving our heart and our attention to. Listen to this. You can't control all of the things that happen in your day-to-day -day life or in relationships around you, but you can determine your focus. You can't control what happens around you. You can't control what happens to you, but you can determine your focus. We hold a lot of power in this part in our lives, and boundaries, last week's message, actually plays a huge role in doing this well. I'd encourage everyone to go back and listen to Pastor Peter's message again. I, I can't say it enough how crucial understanding that method, understanding that tool is. We overcomplicate this. We overcomplicate this. The, the way you're supposed to love your neighbor is the way you're supposed to love yourself. 
The truth is, relationships can be draining. Relationships can be draining. See, all of this, each and everything I've said comes down to this. God knows what you need. God knows what you need and has what you need and wants your focus more than you know. Some of you might be wondering, why would I give God my focus? I'm already so overwhelmed. I'm busy. I'm stressed out. Maybe you'd say, I'm fine. I'm managing things. No problem. I've got it under control. I don't need God. What you focus on becomes magnified in your life. So in choosing to follow God, that, de- that decision should result in a shift of focus. As a Christian, you can't tell me you've got it all figured out and you're fine and you can do it on your own. Because when we make that decision, there's a shift in our focus. And as you focus, he becomes magnified in your life. He becomes magnified in your life. He said it. Seek. Seek first his kingdom. Seek and you will find. All that you need to find unlimited capacity is found in our supplier. Church, when you magnify God, everything you need for every relationship and every new encounter in your life will come from him. With him, more focus, but more wholeness. With Jesus, when, when, when Jesus is your focus, your faith becomes the greatest tool for influence in the world around you. I was writing this message, and it actually brought me to my knees because I, I had this realization. We need to fix our focus on, on God because he's trying to build faith in us. He's trying to build faith in us. They're not separate things. They're actually so related. That's the challenge, is when we fix our focus, God actually grows our faith. Some of you are are struggling with feeling like your faith is really being tested, wondering where God is at in your situation. My follow-up question would be this. Are you focused on your situation more than your Savior? The situation won't save you. As a matter of fact, I'm not trying to be insensitive this morning, but the situation you're going through may be the very thing God wants you to trust him with. We read in Hebrews 12, 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily entraps us. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Notice that it didn't say strip off every sin. It said strip off every weight. It didn't even say that God is going to strip it off. It said let us, let us. Anxiety, frustration, comparison. You want another word for those things? Weights. Weights. You are going to have to decide where to put your focus and what you are allowing to slow you down. Some of you have put your focus on so many things other than God and are getting yourself trapped and stuck because you don't have this order right. You need to run the race with endurance, but you need to allow yourself into a place where your focus is on your lane. Your relationship with God, your faith, it requires your focus. It requires effort. You can't do anything with endurance without first building stamina. We all know that. We all know that. The the enemy will always try to tell you that you are not enough, that your deficiencies disqualify you. Look at Hebrews 12, verse 2. It says, 
It's so good not to include. It says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. This got me thinking. Here's another example of this. As long as Peter was focused on Jesus, he could walk on water to come out and meet him. God, God literally called him to do the impossible. And God will qualify you for the same as long as your focus is on Jesus. You don't have to have everything together as long as your focus is on him. When we focus, even if it's far away and unclear, as we focus, the closer we get to it, what we focus on becomes magnified in our life. How do we keep our focus? Get in the word. Get around other believers. Come to morning prayer. Come to evening prayer. Serve people when you don't feel like it. Come to church. This series has been great, but you know what I wholeheartedly believe is the key? Focus. Focus is the key. We need to be intentional about the things that we give that to. The more and more you develop your focus and choose God, your endurance and your stamina to make it through everything else this world will put you through will be magnified in your life. We all need this reminder. We need to fix our focus. We are not underqualified. We are set up to literally do the impossible if we keep our eyes on Jesus. I invite Jody to come on up. So many things have been happening in my world over the past two weeks. If, if I gave you a little insight into what's been going on, you would see so many things. It's been a collection of responsibilities, decisions, and commitments that all happened at the same time. Bottom line, relationships are demanding. You know what I discovered, though? I am okay. I am making it, managing it, seeing life change happen in my heart, in lives around me, at work, at home, seeing capacity increase beyond what I thought was my limit because my focus is on my supplier. The only way I'm making it through is by leaning in and trusting God to provide everything I need. I know some of you are feeling the same. You're feeling overwhelmed, overworked, at emotional and relational capacity, and just can't handle one more thing. Church, I wholeheartedly believe when we focus, when we fix our focus on Jesus, the impossible becomes possible. And relationships are enhanced, even healed. Capacities are increased and lives are changed. Some of you are, are, are looking into relationships in your life that are falling apart. There's real hurt. Maybe you've made mistakes. Maybe it's on someone else. Maybe you have no control over what's happening in your world right now. But these are real situations that are demanding all of what little you have to give. And if you're being honest, you just don't know what to do anymore. Maybe your job is falling apart because you can't get along with your boss or, or they can't get along with you. <laughs> or your lifelong friend has walked away from Jesus and you don't know how to reach them anymore. I'm here to tell you this morning to fix your focus on Jesus and he will help you through this. 
I really believe that the seemingly impossible things are going to happen in your life as you navigate and position yourself to look there instead of out there. There's a reason you are where you are. The situations you are going through will be the things the enemy will speak lies into that will try to distract you from what God is doing or wants to do in your life. Do not get distracted. I was writing this at my computer with such a fervent heart because I want you to grasp this today. Don't get distracted. Keep going. Stay focused. Pray. You know the first sermon I spoke here about Nehemiah? He was on the wall building away and people and situations were demanding his focus seemingly all around him. But you know what he did? He prayed. Oh God, strengthen my focus. Strengthen my hands. Let me finish this work. He focused. Pray in Jesus' name. Focus on what you need to focus on. Pray in the Spirit. Come to church. Write yourself affirmations that you are worthy and you are so qualified. Take captive everything that is not of God in your life and your relationships around you and you will find God magnified in your life. A courageous person doesn't have to have it all together. They persist. They press on. They focus on God so that they can be the influence to others. No matter what, hear me this morning. Take courage. Push through. Push through. Whatever you've got going on, I'm here to tell you that there is freedom and life at the foot of the cross. There's freedom and life at the foot of the cross. When your Savior is your supplier, you can do all things. I sang this song a lot growing up in, in, in my home church when I was growing up and it's a powerful reminder this morning. Let me leave you with this as we go today. Turn your eyes upon Jesus says, O soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Romans 15, 5 and 6. I want to leave this with you today. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me? I'd like to sing this together. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. I'd like to finish with this today as a resounding yes that we are not underqualified. We are qualified and our focus is fixed. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the Turn your eyes. Turn your 
with you this week, as you go into your world, into your relationships, into your work lives, into your friendships, into your every interaction you have this week. And may your focus be on God so that you will find unlimited capacity to go beyond your own endurance and find your strength in him. Peace be with you today.